Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. And I want to give an especially big shout out to all the people who are participating in my podcasting class, Podcast Your Passion. Um, I, I recently relaunched it. It's a six-week course to help people create and start their podcast and get it launched in six weeks. And I have just a wonderful, wonderful group of students who've joined the class this go around. I really appreciate it. Um, I'll definitely be offering the class again in, in the future, probably in the summertime. So thank Thank you all for joining me for that. Anyway, um, welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour. I hope you all doing great this week. I have an amazing guest that I'm looking forward to bringing on in just a moment. But first, of course, I have my little section from my book, Everyday Awakening. Um, and uh, let's get to it so that I can bring my guest on. And this section is entitled, Home is Not Our House. It is about living in the heart. Coming home is not about returning to our house or apartment. It is not about being with our family, although they can be there. It is not about visiting our place of birth or origin. It's about feeling the sense of home in our hearts. It is about feeling okay to be ourselves. When we leave our center, our home, we lose ourselves. We become ungrounded. It becomes easy to get pulled into situations that do not need or deserve our attention. When we get hurt, we close our hearts. It can take time to feel safe again and ready to reopen our hearts, to be back at the place where we are comfortable with ourselves. Many things can take us away from our home, our jobs, our businesses, our friends, our projects, our love, our lovers. Finding our way back to our hearts can be an elusive endeavor, especially when we have not traveled that way before. While it is easy to leave the heart space, it is not as easy to re-enter it. When we feel unsafe and uncertain, moving back to center is frightening. We might get hurt again. We might get abused again. We might be left alone again. Yet the pain of not being home is actually worse than taking that risk. Our souls desire to be back home. Every fiber of our being craves to be back home. And when we reemerge in our true home, we do feel safe. Not because of what anyone else may or may not do, 
because we are safe with ourselves, because it is where our true essence lies, where our heart is, our home is. Have you gone home lately? Have you connected with your heart lately? So I wrote this section of my book um, probably somewhere around six years ago, I would guess, six to seven years ago. Um, and it was the first time I wrote it because uh, someone I was working with at the time had said, you know, coming home, coming home to our hearts. And and, and he kind of gave a little talk about it and I, I discussed it with him afterwards and I just thought you know it was a very different way of thinking about home we, we usually tend to think about home as this physical place um, whether it was the home we grew up in or the home we have now and, and, and we tend to uh, you know take things very literally in a way and so for me it was very much a a different way of thinking about home. That home wasn't about a physical place. That home was really about the place within ourselves where we feel safe, where we feel connected, where we are just being ourselves. And so I wrote this section to really share that, that feeling that I had. And, and as I mentioned, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had on uh, G.P. Walsh, um, actually last week, to talk about um, his journey and his process called inner reconciliation. And we talked about how the longest distance we will travel is the 18 inches from our head to our heart. And the reason why that's so is because we've all been so hurt and traumatized and, and have had to deal with such painful and uncomfortable things that at some point in our life, we decided it, it wasn't safe to be in our heart. That if we were in our heart, we were just going to feel more pain. And so to cut ourselves off from our heart, we go up into our head. But when we're not in our heart, we're not in our home. We're not connected. We're not connected to ourselves. And when we're not connected to ourselves, we're not connected to others. To me, this is why there's such a epidemic of loneliness and alienation and sense of, of not belonging. And so in my hallucination, in my point of view, the way to solve that epidemic is to use practices like what we're going to talk about today to learn to come back to our hearts, to feel safe, to be home, to be connected, to be ourselves and to be with ourselves again. And, and it's interesting because one of the things I've noticed with many of my friends during the pandemic is that because we're having to spend so much time with ourselves not being so externally focused, not being out there, but 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 to be inward and with ourselves, it, it actually is is causing us to actually come back to ourselves, to be safe, to to work through these things. And I've just noticed with several of my friends that over the last couple of years, 
they're they feel much more grounded they're much more uh, uh present with themselves and much more connected so anyway um this seems like it's just the perfect uh uh section of my book to to read it's, again it's just uh, it's the second section in the fourth chapter of my book um for my guest and so uh, and again if anyone listening has not gotten a copy yet of my book what are you doing get a copy of my book you just go to everydayawakeningbook.com and it'll take you right to the Amazon listing. Go pick it up. And I would love to hear from you. Please leave a review uh, on Amazon or whatever bookseller you can get it on Barnes and Nobles all over the place. Um, but get it. Let me know what you think. So now it is my extreme pleasure to uh, welcome to the show uh, co-founder, educator, guide, nonprofit board member, and principal organizer of the DMTX program, Daniel McQueen. Daniel is a professional psychedelic therapist and executive director of the Center for Medical Mindfulness, a psychedelic harm reduction program and international psychedelic therapy training program focusing on cannabis-assisted psychedelic therapy and cannabis-assisted psychotherapy. In his newest book, psychedelic cannabis. Uh, Daniel explains how cannabis can be used to treat trauma and emotional pain as a problem-solving tool and as a, potent, and a, as a potent catalyst for self-transformation and healing work. He shares methods to minimize the unwanted effects such as anxiety and paranoia and details how to blend cannabis strains for specific kinds of psychedelic experiences. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Daniel. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sam. I'm really grateful to be here. Uh, I'm, I'm gr- grateful for, for you to take the time to come on today and, and to join us. Um, so I'm just curious to begin with, uh, what sort of brought you to sort of, or got you to want to focus on the, I'll call it the healing arts or the healing professions. And then from that, what kind of moved you from just being in the healing professions to actually focusing on cannabis as a psychedelic uh, treatment? Yeah, well, it's been a lifelong journey, I think. Uh, I've always been a seeker, um, a spiritual seeker and interested in personal development and growth. But, you know, I also came from a history of trauma as well, just as many of us have. And so I think uh, my interest in um, healing modalities was because I w- was in my own healing process. Mm. Um, you know, and then um, also, you know, I really appreciated what you said about, you know, home is home is in your heart, you know? So I grew up in a space in, in Little Rock, Arkansas, that I never really quite fit in, you uh-huh. know? And, and so I had to find my own way to my heart in a way. And, and one of those was, was in the intentional use of psychedelic medicines. Um, mm. So it's, so, you know, psychedelic medicines has always been an interest of mine since my early adulthood, you know? Um, okay. And, uh, and so I got my, I went and got my master's in transpersonal counseling at Naropa. Um, which oh. is the study of um, altered states of consciousness, meditation, spirituality, and how it relates to psychology. And, and I always thought I would go into psychedelic guiding work. Um, mm-hmm. I've been part of intentional communities in that way. And, um, and then 10 years ago, uh, things really started to open up in the field of psychedelic therapy, yeah. you know, uh, with, with movement and such. And, and so I, uh, uh, after I graduated, cannabis became legal and we started to experiment with cannabis as a psychedelic. Mm-hmm. We thought maybe it'd be a nice teaching tool or something, but it became right. very obvious that uh, it was a 
classic psychedelic and can be used for therapeutic and personal growth purposes. So, and, and you know, it's really interesting, especially when I came across your book, because I, I know I have this prejudice and maybe other people do, but most people don't tend to think of cannabis as a psychedelic. Like when you right. say a psychedelic substance, people are thinking LSD, mushrooms, DMT, yeah. you know, some of these really high potency things that create a very strong experience. Um, how do you see cannabis as a psychedelic? Yeah, it's, well, it's dose, it's dose dependent, just like these other mm. medicines are. So what happens is people are just smoking recreational levels of, of dosing. And, and so they're not reaching these psychedelic states. And right. then also set and setting is a major contributor. Um, right. You know, we can dive into into these things. And then making the blends uh, that I talk about makes it more psychedelic. And just the quality of the medicine in the last five, 10 years. You're in New York. Y'all just legalized. Yep. Right. So the quality of the medicine is going to shoot through the roof up there. And so people yeah. are going to have more commonly have more psychedelic experiences with this medicine. Right. Right. Um, and so how long ago did you, uh, did you found or co-found um, the center for medicinal mindfulness? Yeah. We just celebrated our 10 year anniversary actually. Oh, wow. So, Wonderful. Know, so we've been doing and, this for 10 years. And and where are you located? Just so my audience knows in Boulder, Colorado, Boulder, Colorado. Wonderful. So, and I just want to, um, we're going to go out to our first break, but I just want to kind of preface the whole conversation we're going to have over the next hour. First of all, like we're talking about where this is legalized. It's not federally legalized. There's still some states where it's not, um, though, though I think the majority of states now already have legalized cannabis, correct? That's right. Either medically or recreationally. Recreationally. Yeah. It's something like 35 or 37 states have already made this. So if it's, if it's not legal where you are, we are not encouraging anybody to do anything that is illegal or illicit. Um, this is purely for informational purposes. And, and this is really geared towards people who are in a place where they can legally access uh, the substances we're going to talk about today. So um, just that little disclaimer, I don't want the authorities coming after me, I have to be fully honest, you know, I mean, these days, you know, you got to be careful. Anyway, so, so let's go out to break. And when we come back, let's kind of talk about sort of a uh, uh, the 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 difference between cannabis and other forms of psychedelics and sort sure. of how you developed the, this this um program and this 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 uh um therapeutic modality of of using cannabis and what's unique about using cannabis as a therapeutic psychedelic modality compared to other things so sure. Everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this live every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time, right here on talkradio.nyc and on Facebook Live. And I do see my loyal listener, William from Virginia, joining us on the Facebook Live. Thank you, William, for joining us. Anyone else listening on the Facebook Live, please check in. We'd love to shout you out. And we are talking this hour with uh, Daniel McQueen, uh, co-founder of the um, Center for Medical Mindfulness and author of the new book, Psychedelic Cannabis. And we will be right back after these messages. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests 
on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking with Daniel McQueen, author of the book, Psychedelic Cannabis. So when, was there something, Daniel, was it just a a progression or was there a specific incident where you kind of got this inspiration of like, oh, like we can use cannabis the same way like people are doing research on on LSD-assisted therapy or MDMA-assisted therapy or any of these other psychedelic-assisted therapies? You know, it wasn't one specific moment. It was probably a series of experiences. I think the first time I became aware of cannabis as a psychedelic, I was stretching. I was, I'd smoked some cannabis and was doing some stretching mm-hmm. and, um, and, uh, I was doing a deep neck stretch and something in my neck popped a little bit. And I saw, I like, I literally saw a blue lightning bolt go up my spine, you know? Ooh. So it was very clearly like, like that was a psychedelic moment. And it surprised me. And, um, but, you know, I had I had real specific training in different uh, psychedelic modalities. I was trained as an MDMA facilitator and uh, I've worked in other uh, community settings with these medicines, ceremonial settings. So I just had a lot of different skill sets that I could bring together. Um, I started teaching a harm reduction, a psychedelic harm reduction course and mm-hmm teaching people how to sit for friends and things. And so I was already thinking about these things. And, and then my friend, John, uh, was the one who suggested it. And I had never considered it. Um, mm. It was right before cannabis became adult use legal in Colorado. So like uh, 2013 or something. Okay. And, um, and I was also um, about to have my first kid, you know. Uh, uh. So my risk profile changed pretty substantially <laughs> what I was open to doing in the world and professionally. And I also really like to talk about what I do, you know, so um, being an underground guy just didn't really feel like a viable option anymore. And uh, so we started to just 
um, play with it, experiment with it. We mm-hmm. we started, we had some, what we call circles where it was just mm-hmm. brought like six friends together in my living room. And um, I just was intuitively drawn to blend the medicine, um, mm-hmm. blend different strains to combine different mm-hmm. mind states. And, and that had a synergistic effect that was surprising. Uh-huh. And, um, and, one and of my actually, friends, yeah. I want to dig into that for just a quick second, because a lot of people, I think, have a tendency to think like marijuana is just marijuana is just cannabis is just pot. It's all the same. Um, right. Talk, talk for just a little second, educate our audience about the different strains, because I, I, I know I mean, I'm not a, an, a real expert on it, but I know there are sort of two major strains. Right. There's sativa and indica. Yeah. Two two families. Um, Mm -hmm. But within those, there are several strains, right? Yeah. I mean, hundreds and hundreds, you know, and it has to do with how they're grown and where they're grown and what nutrients and Uh, all kinds of issues, you know, that affect the uh, quality and the the states that they induce. So most of us who are, you know, coming out of a space where you're buying cannabis from a friend or something like Mm -hmm. that, or your neighbor, your neighbor dealer, whatever that is, they generally, you know, in the back in the day, it would, it was just pot. It was just weed, (laughs) just one thing. And it was pretty low quality. Um, It was pressed into bricks and smelled like skunk and things like that. Right. So (laughs) there was just one available or, and then sometimes you get really stoned and sometimes you get real, you know, and and sedated and other times you get high and Mm -hmm. anxious and things. So uh, just the quality of the medicine is now um, radically different. So mm. I can go down to the dispensary here in Boulder and get organic, high quality cannabis that has very high THC content and what we call a terpene profile, a real specific mm. terpene profile. And what that means is it just smells a certain way. So some uh. some medicines smell like pine needles, some smell like mm. lemon, some smell like rich earth um, you know, um, mangoes or, or black peppers and things like that. And each gotcha. of these different terpene profiles have a different mind state associated with mm. them. And that's basically in these three categories, which we call indica, sativas, and the middle category, which we call like hybrid middle of the road mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. the two. So sativas are very uplifting and energetic, but they can induce anxiety. Right. Indicas are like body, amplify our body awareness, help us relax or sleep, um, mm. but they can be kind of dulling in the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And what I found is if you combine the two together, like good quality medicine, and you combine mm. those two together, the indica takes the anxiety out of the sativa and leaves the amplified mind state in the mm. Sativa takes the sedative, um, dull qualities of the indica out and leaves a deeply relaxed, amplified yeah. somatic awareness. And, and so, when you work with with the medicine, is it is it a um, edible form? Is it is it you're vaping or smoking? Uh, how how do you typically like to work with it? Uh, well, when you get the good terpene profiles, it's a uh, uh, smoked or vape vaporized raw flour what you know Mm -hmm. what i found is just like good clean raw you know like flour is instead of an oil or concentrate is the best um you know we work in an office setting so we have special vaporizers that reduce the smell Uh, and it also is better on lungs than than using a pipe you know a regular glass pipe or something like that um edibles are great but they're they have a higher uh, chance of um increasing the negative side effects like it's easier to overdo uh, it on an edible 
And that's what causes the paranoia or anxiety or the nausea. It's just take a little too much. Gotcha. So, you know, as people can smoke and titrate it, you know, they just smoke right. until they get enough. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're not super strong doses. It's more about the blend and everything, but people mm. can take a pretty good amount to get into these states. And, and what have you found like, like in terms of the healing aspect of it, um, as, as well as sort of the self-exploration aspect, like what sort of early indications did you get from working with people that like this was a real viable option for, for creating tremendous healing from trauma? Because I know that's a big part of your work. You talk a lot about it in your yeah. book. Yeah. So we all have trauma, right? And some mm-hmm. some of it's, it's like extreme trauma, like PTSD and such. But we all, you know, we all carry some degree of difficult life experience. It's just the nature of being human. And, um, right. So it, 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 it's it's similar to psilocybin in that it's visual, intervisual experiences and things. So uh, people have religious or spiritual experiences on the medicine. But what I found is that it's very similar to a, like a plant-based MDMA. And so, mm. uh, so all the research on MDMA-assisted psychotherapy for the treatment of trauma and PTSD, it translates to cannabis. And, and there's two mechanisms that seem to happen is one, um, it increases our ability to recall difficult memories so that mm-hmm. they can be reevaluated and explored, but mm-hmm. in a safe container, you know, cannabis mm-hmm. helps you feel okay and safe like MDMA does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a, there's a neurological uh, thing occurring in the amygdala and the hippocampus and things um, where, where people have a life review and a memory recall process. And the other thing that happens with cannabis, specifically around trauma resolution, is that it relaxes the body and reduces inflammation in the in our mm-hmm. muscles and tendons and, and by affecting the endocannabinoid system. Mm-hmm. That it people literally shake out their trauma, um, mm-hmm. like, they, like their body will tremble, shake, vibrate, or they'll twitch and things in, in session. Right. And that's a that's very similar to like somatic experiencing and other trauma resolution therapies and also very common in MDMA therapy. So, right, right. Uh, so it's just, it just directly uh, impacts the neural pathways and, the, and like the tension held in the body where we, where we physically hold our injuries and our traumas. Right. Right. Yeah. I've, I've also heard that like, and, and a lot of people use the analogy of like an animal when, when a gazelle is being chased by a lion in the That's wild, right. once it gets away it shakes because it shakes off the trauma and then it's fine and then it acts like Mm -hmm. you know it it doesn't do it so when we're shaking it's Mm -hmm. like that's the nervous system shaking off the trauma right and then and then as humans we're taught that like shaking is a sign of weakness or uh like you shouldn't do that you you know you're you know like uh don't show emotion or 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 worry things like that so people will tighten up instead of shake it out like right. so and so what that happens is it, it gets stuck in the body and you know an acute situation like a car accident or something you know like that that can be enough you know but sometimes trauma comes from having to hold a little bit at a time like a developmental concern growing up or being in an abusive or un- unhealthy relationship or or just in a work environment that just is like constantly in a what we call a trauma field it's like hospital settings or um you know working as a police officer fire fighter things like that you know where you're just constantly exposed to difficult experiences and you got to toughen up and not show that you're you know you have a big emotional experience you know you you know heart compassion right like empathy for another person's pain you know so 
right. that stuff builds up in the system and and the cannabis allows for that to be released and and for people to break through that and return to you know what you're describing the heart-centered space and right. home in right. our hearts um wonderful uh I think I'd rather, I think I'd like to break now just because it's, it's a good point. I would like to, when we come back from break, talk about what's unique about using cannabis. Like, like yeah. it, it, it's, you know, what's different about it. What's the same, like, like what are some of the considerations that regardless of uh, uh, the type of psychedelic medicine you work with, what are some of the same considerations and what's unique and what's a different consideration working with cannabis. Okay, absolutely. Daniel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Wonderful. Um, and I see uh, loyal listeners, Patty and Sanai also checking in today. Glad you can join us. I did post a link to the book in the, the Facebook Live. So um, everyone, please stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to dive a little bit more into it. And I do want to circle around to this DMX project and what's that all about. And we'll also talk more about his center, Center for Medical Mindfulness. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking with uh, Daniel McQueen, author of the book, Psychedelic Cannabis, and we'll be right back after these messages. Hey, I'm Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauber, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. Um, so quick, quick uh, correction. It's the Center for Medicinal Mindfulness, not medical mindfulness, excuse me. Um, so Daniel, what's unique about using cannabis as a psychedelic therapy and what's um, the same? What, what are the similar considerations from other substances? Sure. Yeah, you know, a lot of my clients describe it as 
for those who've taken ayahuasca or, or taken psilocybin, they describe it as, wow, that was just as powerful as my ayahuasca journey or my psilocybin mm. journey. Um, and it's not uncommon for people to even go into states that are similar to smoking in and DMT, mm. you know, and unlike higher doses and such. Um, and with that being said, though, uh, like I said, it's like a empathogen um, similar to MDMA. So there's a greater sense of agency with cannabis, especially when you smoke it than with these other medicines. So, uh, for example, if you, you know, if you take psilocybin, you know, you can't really take a break from the experience to go to the restroom or something, right? Like, or smoke DMT, you're in it for a little while. With cannabis, you can simply take your eye covering off and sit up and you'll be really high, but you'll, you'll get a chance to take a break from the inner psychedelic state. Mm-hmm. Not really sure why that is, but it's a fascinating and it's also, you know, nice um, uh, to be able to slow it down and titrate when necessary. So we call cannabis the consensual psychedelic. You can go <laughs> into these deep psychedelic states where you dissolve your ego and all of that, but you get to choose every step of the way uh, to go into it and pace yourself. And I think that's one of the primary differences. You know, so as a therapeutic tool, you know, a lot of people um, have had, you know, have trauma and PTSD because they had an experience where they lost their sense of agency. And so reclaiming um, your healing in terms that work for you in a way that you consent to, as opposed to being like thrust into like some psychedelics do. um, It's, it's a really nice therapeutic tool for that reason. Um, uh, it feels safer in that way. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean it's less than other psychedelics, but that, but that is one of the primary differences, mostly when you smoke it. Like if you were to take a high dose edible, you know, like really big edible, that would be more like psilocybin where you just like thrown into it. Gotcha. Um, you know, the other, the, the other one I would say is that it's like, it's very somatic. Uh, whereas most psychedelics might take you out of the body unless you intentionally choose to turn inward into the body, cannabis brings you right into the body. Um, and that's where trauma is stored. Um, right. You know, so right. if you can learn to turn towards and release the tensions that we hold there are the emotional tensions, even that mm-hmm. we hold in our bodies. Um, I found that that to be really essential and, um, and, and helpful from the trauma. Oh, what, what are the challenges in working with cannabis as a, as a psychedelic therapy? Uh, you know, the sessions themselves are really wonderful. Um, the challenges are more about like the, this belief that cannabis can be used as a psychedelic, you know, so we have to, we have to work with people and do a lot of education and, or, or break through a lot of the misunderstandings of cannabis as the gateway drug or a lot of the old stuff of the war on, on drugs. So like, so as psilocybin and MDMA are having their moment in the light, you know, everybody's really gung-ho with these medicines people are still real hesitant around cannabis as a psychedelic you know so you know i've I've organized a team of researchers to um, research cannabis as a psychedelic medicine for therapeutic work so we're working to uh, help break through those uh, misunderstandings but i'd say more often than not it's more about what people's expectations are than the actual experience itself in some ways cannabis is, is a wonderful medicine to work with um, I'm just curious, like for those people who say, well, you know, I've been smoking pot since I was a kid and yeah. I've never really had that deep uh, healing experience. 
how is what you do? How do you get that to that deeper experience for people? Yeah. So again, the medicine we smoke as kids or young adults is just different than it is now, you know? So I would, I would check in around like, how long have you been smoking or when was the last time you smoked? Was it five, 10, 20 years ago? And just know that the medicine itself is very different than it was then. And, um, mm. and set and setting, uh, you know, the quality of the medicine is very important. And there are people who smoke cannabis and listen, you know, lay in their, uh, reclining chair and listen to good music and things and i know a lot of meditation instructors uh, who got their start at, um, early in the 60s and 70s uh you know became naropa professors that mm. had their first awakening experiences on cannabis mm. um, but because of these misunderstandings or the, again this kind of glitch in our psyche we, we sometimes right. minimize the impact the positive impact that cannabis has had in our lives right. uh, so I would say it's just about dosage and right set and setting. And, and you know, yeah. mentioning my book, I tell you exactly how to do it, because I think it's very important that we address systemic trauma and large scale trauma as soon as possible. Right. So I right. encourage you to follow the instructions in the book and give it a try. <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't give away all the secrets in the book. You have to come buy the book. I did post a link. Um, again, it's it's psychedelic cannabis and, and you can get the book like everywhere, right? It's on yeah, Amazon, Amazon and Amazon. bookstores and stuff too. So right, right. it's on inner traditions mm-hmm. with me. Yeah. Inner Traditions, wonderful publisher. I've had a lot of their great authors on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe you can give us, could you give us an example, like, uh, you know, not breaking, you know, uh, client uh, practitioner privilege or anything to just kind of generalize, like, what are some of the like healing experiences you've seen clients uh, go through um, that, that kind of highlight to you sort of the benefits of this as a uh, cannabis, as a medicine? Sure. I think um, some that stand out, I was working with a gentleman who uh, was with his friend who was in, uh, died in a bike, bike accident, you know, and, and, and so the, tr- you know, trauma of trying to save his friend and, and like the guilt associated with being there. And um, uh, it was just a difficult experience, obviously, for him. Um, right. And so, and so he, you know, and his questions weren't just about the experience and the trauma resolution. He wasn't just coming for that. He was looking for an existential answer of, does mm. his friend still exist in some way, in some capacity? And so we were able to, uh, with the help of this medicine, actually go through the whole experience and the memory of mm. what happened, how it happened, just at step by step by step. And the, the resolution, the, the turning towards a difficult memory and experience does something in the brain that helps put it in the right place. And so the trauma symptoms that cause what we would call PTSD get reduced. You know, it's just everything gets kind of reset. Mm-hmm. But he, he went deeper than that and was able to drop into this space of uh, connecting with the cycle of life, death, and rebirth and the karma, you know, the karmic influences that we all hold. And he realized that he and his friend had made agreements in previous lifetimes that they were going to play so hard that sometimes they just died in the process of playing so hard, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that, and that he was, he is 
and his friend are still connected. And, and the question became, it wasn't where his friend was, but he found out where, when his friend was, and then he was able to reaccess all the memories, all the positive memories of his, of his relationship with his friend and was just able to reconnect with his friend in that way, you know? Beautiful. So it's like a combination of like resolution of trauma, but also like existential deep understanding of like life meaning kind of things, you know, and, mm. and to not just think about it or wonder about it, but to have like a direct experience, experience of it, of it. you know? Right. Right. Um, so that was a really deeply meaningful moment in my my life you know like to witness mm. these experiences i'm i'm deeply impacted <laughs> and moved by them and honored to be part of that space right right what there's an old expression from from when i learned energy medicine which is give a healing get a healing you know it's Similar. sort of yeah yeah like every time we help somebody through some traumatic experience it's actually very healing for ourselves as practitioners yeah um, it's amazing how it mirrors in our lives in that way. It's like this transpersonal yeah. energetic phenomenon. Right, right. Um, what, what are the what have been maybe some of the challenging experiences of you working with it as a as a as a therapeutic medicine? I would say the most challenging experiences are staying in contact. You know, again, that heart open, centered mm-hmm. space. Staying in contact with someone who's describing the most horrific experience that they've ever had um, or an experience as a child, you know, of abuse or, or, or -hmm. something like that, you know, so like staying in contact with deep grief, deep trauma, deep injury, to bear witness, um, to be with that and to not shut down yourself, you know, and I, I think that's a, that's a skill set, you know, that, that requires real practice and, and, um, and, and sometimes, the difficult memories that they shared, like this mirroring process occurs that it just somehow lines up with something in our own lives. That's very personal and uh, important in our own lives. So it becomes real personal pretty quickly sometimes. And so, you know, I I have and talk about it in the book a little bit, but, you know, as a guide, I teach people how to um, stay in contact with their own experience and not shut down and dissociate when they're hearing something difficult from, from a client and stuff. So, um, and then there's a lot of self-care that comes after these experiences to make sure we stay, you know, in in a good space. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the things that I always promote is just the idea of integration that after we've had this deep experience, it's really how we take it into our daily lives. How do we take it into, uh, you know, the day-to-day life afterwards and not just have it be some, some wonderful experience that right. we experience on the weekend. And now Monday comes and we're just back into just the back same. Into old it. Yeah. Right. Right. So transitions. I would say I'm a, you know, like I practice transitions these days is mm. always discovering something about myself in these sessions that requires me changing something fundamental about how I live my life. Right. And, you know, you don't do that, right. You don't integrate and that starts to pile up and cause like an inner stress. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm in constant transition and transformation right. with this work. Absolutely. I, I, I see William on the Facebook live asks if he had addictions when he was young would it bring it back he's been sober for 24 years i guess you know he, he's probably stayed away from substances for a long time um and wanted to know you know some concern around well if i'm working with substances now like could that bring back these old bad uh habits mm-hmm. 
Not necessarily, but it would be something uh, in our center. We would be really checking in with the person and making sure they're ready. Uh, what we found, you know, so cannabis can be used to escape just like alcohol and other drugs. Yeah, um, yeah. But cannabis in the right setting can be used to heal the traumas that cause the addictions in the first place. Mm. And so through education and having, you know, and if, if there's like acute issues with addiction, we would be inviting them to work with an addictions counselor. Um, mm. to engage and shift habits and things, but that working with medicines, psychedelic medicines can be an addiction healing tool. And yeah. it's, and it's in the literature now. I, you know, people are going to ayahuasca ceremonies to help with addiction yeah. or, or psilocybin, you know, for, uh, you know, getting uh, off of tobacco addictions and things. So yeah. it's in the literature and, and cannabis can be used in the same way, even with cannabis addiction. What we found is that people who are using to cope, you know, daily mm -hmm. to cope, um, can use our skill sets to then turn towards and heal what they're using the medicine to cope with. And then they start to just use less, um, naturally. It's like very simple process. It almost doesn't even require a conversation, right, um, right. but we don't minimize addiction issues. You know, we want right. to honor that there, you know, there's some real struggles. And, and, and I would say like, that's one of the importance of working with a facilitator, you know, working with a guide who, who's helping you through the process, not doing it on your own. Right. It, it's, it's, you know, when we're doing things on our own, we have it, we can easily sort of fall into old, habits but yeah. when we're working with a guide they're keeping an eye towards that to help to keep us from just checking out or just just uh, going in that direction right yeah absolutely and then sometimes these big experiences to heal an addiction can be a really big experience you know so having you know facing something that's hard or whatnot you know having support i highly recommend it not yeah. everybody can afford a guide and, I, and again another reason why i wrote my book but mm -hmm. there are integration groups online now inexpensive yep. uh, ways to get support using psychedelics so i highly recommend doing cannabis or other psychedelic medicines within some sort of community structure yeah. um, and, and if you're working to heal something significant you know a mental health concern that's significant then i would recommend getting some support with somebody who really knows how to how absolutely. to work with it absolutely essential essential okay time for us to take our last break time flies when we're having fun yeah uh when we come back i want to ask you about the dmx pro program uh what that was the dmt dmt yeah. program excuse me and uh uh and where you see the future going with 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 cannabis as a psychedelic okay sure so, Everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back after these messages. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? 
Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Daniel McQueen, author of the book, Psychedelic Cannabis, Therapeutic Methods and Unique Blends to Treat Trauma and Transform Consciousness. So we, we have been talking a lot about the, the healing trauma side of things. What about using it as just sort of a, a personal exploration, sort of spiritual practice type of uh, a medicine? Oh, man, it is really great for that. So like with psilocybin and the other big medicines, you really shouldn't be taking them all the time, you know, like, right. and, and there's a lot of debate on how often, but, you know, yeah. some people do a few sessions in a week and that sort of thing, but doing it every week or every month, is just too much. Um, and so it's like an event as opposed to a practice. And um, right. if you're doing it in a good way and, and cannabis can be used safely every week, every other week as a psychedelic a medicine to, and it's a shorter experience be a three hour versus eight to 10 or all night, you know, so it's just physically yeah. um, easier to engage. And, and so I, like the creative problem, I mean, I, you know, who, who hasn't smoked pot and gotten a really good idea. Right. On right. It. So we've just created protocol around that to really amplify that creative problem solving process. And, and so I get really good ideas. I get guidance on how to run my program. I get um, explore, you know, like ideas on how to build new programs and, and projects and things and how to resolve problems and questions in my life. Um, so there's just a real practical aspect. But it does induce these like transcendent states where you get to travel into what you would consider like the spirit realm, you know, similar to DMT or psilocybin and explore uh, the nature of reality or meet aspects of self or or beings that feel, uh, you, you know, bigger than us, you know, or states mm-hmm. of being that are transcendent and blissful, you know, so it's just, you know, just like any psychedelic medicine can be used for spiritual exploration. Right. I really like the problem solving, like this yeah. straight up practical problem solving. It's really helped me in my life. Yeah. I, I know like in the tech industry in general, in California, they use a lot of different psychedelic substances yeah. to help with like very intricate technical uh, problem solving challenges. LSD I see for so- microdosing. That's what yes. I, I see Sanaya on the Facebook Live asks, do you find that more companies and employers 
are starting to shift and be more acceptable of cannabis uh, therapeutic, uh, more acceptable cannabis therapeutic slash spiritual use. So I guess are things, do you see things kind of shifting in the business world around it? Yeah, I've actually facilitated circles for different business communities and things as, you know, like a, just a, like a community development process, uh, you know, so, you know, you know, maybe more progressive or in the cannabis industry, but we're starting to see it in tech industries as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then the uh, drug testing with cannabis as it's mm-hmm. becoming more and more legal, you know, most companies just don't want you smoking pot and going and working. Right. So, right, right. so you know, professional programs aren't doing cannabis testing generally, or, yeah. or even if they are, it's just this unspoken rule that it's no big deal. Um, um, yeah. I just saw, I saw uh, someone tweeted that in New Jersey where it just got legalized uh, that they've now um, the New Jersey uh, police force has made it okay for police officers to uh, use cannabis off hours. Off I've started duty. to I've started to see these things as well in other places. So that's a huge yeah. deal. That's yeah. I mean that's that really is. a huge deal, and I think it would be good for for police officers to use off uh, duty to help you know again to help shake out that trauma that they right. that they receive every day. PTSD think- in the police force is a real big deal. And yes. my my father in law um is, is was a police officer and retired uh, early because of of PTSD. So yeah, it's a, it's a big problem and anything yeah. they do to help the officers would be great. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I know like in general, the, the police force get a lot of bad press these days, uh, but I think people tend to forget that it's a very high stress job. I mean, you're literally putting your life on the line every time you go right. out and, and yeah, there's a lot of trauma. I mean, there's a lot of things that police officers see on a daily basis that most of us never experience in our life. And that's, right. that's something they could really use it for. Okay. Before we run out of time, I have to ask you, what is the DMT X program? Yeah, DMTX, it's an extended state DMT program. So uh, a couple of scientists, Dr. Gallimore, Andrew Gallimore, and uh, uh, Rick Strassman, who's known for bringing DMT back into the research environments, they decided, they figured out a way to um, extend and stabilize the typical four or five minute DMT state to something that Um, can be much longer um, using um, special medical equipment, you know, and, and it's ah. like in, in, um, formulas that like anesthesiologists use to keep people under mm-hmm. and sedated. So instead of sedating them, they put them in a DMT state and keep them. Ah. So, so I've just been super inspired by this idea and then started a program to bring it into a retreat environment. And so mm. right now we're working with DMT manufacturers in Canada and um, retreat mm-hmm. centers in Jamaica and trying to fit all the, all the puzzle pieces together to be able to do this work. Um, mm. um, and so if you can imagine being in a, you know, like, so like a hyper dimensional otherworldly state for an extended period, instead of just getting a flash of the experience, you get to stay in it, reorient and kind of try to figure out what's really going on. Wow. Wow. That sounds really fascinating. I I can't wait to see what kind of results come from that and, and sort of like the long-term uh, effects of being able to do that. So I would love to, uh, when you, when you have some, some results to publish or talk about, I'd love to have you back on and talk about that. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my passion projects for sure. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, so what does the future hold for the center for medicinal mindfulness? 
Well, we're training as many people as we can to do this work to help spread this capacity for healing in the U.S. and Canada. It's, we're starting to um, make headway into uh, uh, Europe and even in Israel where people are starting oh, to do this work. Wonderful. Uh, you know, I think the future is in group uh, psychedelic therapy. Yes. Much yeah. more affordable. Cannabis is a really great tool for that. So we're starting to te- uh, facilitate um, small groups for trauma resolution. My wife is a psychotherapist and we have a medical mm. doctor on staff here. And so that's really my growth edge and exploration mm. is to bring it into group settings, just Wonderful. to increase the accessibility of, of this work and these medicines. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a big believer in the group experience because especially sort of an interactive group experience, because most of our trauma, or if not all of our trauma, is from our experiences with other people. That's right. So why wouldn't our healing be more effective when it's with other people? So it just seems to make sense for me. So, uh, Daniel, if if people want to learn more about your programs, um, by the way, the trainings, is that in person only or is that online? We, we have a hybrid program now. COVID forced oh. us online and, and now we're heading back into in-person. So we're keeping the hybrid model. So it's, we have online and in-person options. Wonderful. Um, people, and we do circles with people from all over the U.S. and Canada. Like oh, wonderful. Cannabis wonderful. Okay. So if people want to learn more about um, the Center for Medicinal Mindfulness and about your work, where can they find you? Where should they go? medicinalmindfulness.org is our as our center website and psychedelicsitterschool.org is our training uh, program and you can access it all by just googling medicinal mindfulness and we'll show yeah. up and and, and yeah. i put the link to medicinalmindfulness.org into the the facebook live um daniel thank you so much and of course the book psychedelic cannabis available in all the major booksellers if you're interested in it he's got everything in here it's very detailed a really good book i highly recommend it daniel thank you so much for um taking the time to come on the show i'd love to stay in contact with you absolutely thank you so much sam you're welcome happy to be here Great, great, wonderful. And thank you, my loyal listeners, especially all those who've been commenting and asking questions on the Facebook Live. I so appreciate you all. Um, This is why we do the show. Um, Please stay tuned. Coming up later today, there's an encore presentation for Frank about health this week. And tomorrow, of course, we've got brand new shows for episodes for uh, philanthropy and focus always Friday and wise content creates wealth. And of course, next week, please start on Monday. And if you have not yet gone to the website and signed up for our newsletter, please go to talkradio.nyc and sign up for our newsletter so you can get uh, just notification. We send out a newsletter once a week to let you know what's coming up with the different episodes every week. So please do that. And if you missed any part of today's show, don't forget, you can catch the replay on talkradio.nyc and the podcast is up on all the major podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio. We're all over the place. Just search for the Conscious Consultant Hour. Thank you all. Love you. We will talk to you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.